Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of the No Spot Podcast. And now introducing the six-man tag team champions of wrestling podcasting. From Reston, Virginia, DC's People's Champ. From the Wrestling Ranch of West Virginia, Donnie Wrestling. And from the basement, the Sip. They are the No Spots Podcast Team. We're back, guys. This is another episode of the No Spots Podcast. I am here, DC's People's Champ. Of course, I am here with my tag team partner, the Sith. From the basement, Sith, is anything going on in your world? Everybody should know about how you doing, brother. Oh, brother, I am doing great. Welcome, everyone. Hope everyone's had a good week. Um, you know, someone's going to segue here into what we're covering next week. I'm actually looking forward to Clash of Champions. Because it, it, overall this week, and it's going to segue into the week in review, Ron Smackdown did a really good job this week of laying down a foundation. So for the go-home shows that are going to be on this coming week, I, th- I, um, this looks good. You know, but overall, things are great. Hope everyone's doing well. Champ, how you doing, dude? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's good to, you know, finally get out and be amongst people uh, throughout this whole, you know, pandemic thing. Of course, everything's safe and uh, everything like that. People wearing masks, stuff like that. So um, it's good. You know, it's, it's helping my sanity. I'll tell you that much. Um, um, but um, got quite a bit to cover this week, guys. Um, of course, um, we're going to talk some a little bit of New Japan. Uh, we're going to talk about New Japan Strong. It's a place Friday night. I'll give the results from G1 Climax. Uh, night one, thirty. Night one, we'll get a full uh, pre- review of that. Uh, and night two on the G one climax recall podcast will come out this and every Monday, uh, right here on this very channel. So make sure you pay attention to that. Myself and Sage will be talking about that, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of great things to say about it because night one was lit. Um, uh, but we're also going to, of course, talk about the week, uh, the week in review. Uh, we're doing it differently. I, I know we keep changing things around when it comes to the, the week in review, but we're just trying, trying to find ways to get the information and make it concise uh, and things like that while also not dragging things out. So for the week in review going forward, we're just going to give takeaways. Like what we used to do is we used to do um, uh, ups and downs, high points and low points. Uh, but now we're going to do just takeaways. We're going to just about three or more takeaways from the shows that helped that made show what it was for us in terms of enjoyment and things of that nature. So uh, we'll get into that. But let's talk about some news first off. Let's listen to some news. And the main thing that was on the was was on the plate when it comes to news is contracts. Um, we found out that uh, Jeff Hardy through an interview he did with BT Sports in the UK. Uh, told he's told them that he has re-signed a contract his contract with WWE, uh, which will now take away the likelihood of him joining his brother in AEW for the foreseeable future. Um, a lot of people 
felt that maybe he was going to let his contract last. As you know, he had time added on to it because of injuries and things like that. But it looks like now he's re-upped for, for another go. Uh, terms of the, the contract haven't been released, but I'm assuming it's probably like another couple of years. Who knows? But there's that. Of course, we found out that Wade Barrett is now going to stay with WWE as a commentator with it, the NXT brand. He signed a one-year deal. Uh, so he will stay with the NXT brand and be the color commentator for that brand and be a part of the commentary team along with Vic Joseph and uh, Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix. So he's staying. Then there was a report that came out that Melina has signed a contract to return to WWE and her return was, quote, imminent. Like she was supposed to be uh, coming back as soon as Monday Night Raw this coming Monday. But Friday... Melina went on her Facebook and told everybody, not so fast, my friends. She put out a very lengthy Facebook post, and the beginning of it says as, as follows, quote, I am not signed with the WWE, but that doesn't mean it is not a possibility. If I potentially get signed, don't forgive them for lying to you. I know there are those that aren't a fan of mine, and I, but I still will care about help them as i do my own fans um so yeah she told she she told him straight up and, and it was a very lengthy post on her facebook that she wasn't doing uh she just lost her father uh to covid uh earlier this year uh so clearly she's she mentioned you know would she be in an emotional space to return um and she's 41 things like that so it looks like uh Melina has not is not going to return to WWE anytime soon which would tend to lead to her still being with NWA I and mean, we were noticing a lot of the NWA folks uh leaving there and signing to other promotions even now with NWA having this relationship with the United Wrestling Network uh and doing those weekly pay-per-views which they did on this this past week, actually, which was uh, headlined by uh, Nick Aldis defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against uh, Mike Bennett, which uh, Aldis was able to get the victory with pass out vic a uh, pass out fish. Um, if you want to check out that show, you can definitely check it out on Fight TV. Uh, I actually bought the bundle for uh, all the weekly pay per views uh, so I could check them out and things like that, and it was it was a good show, but. Back to what we're saying, Molina had not signed with WWE. Um, so, Seth, what do you think about uh, Jeff resigning, Wade signing, and Molina apparently signing, but it turns out she didn't sign? You know, I'm going to start off with Jeff. Solid signing. Yes, this means that we're not going to see the nefarious brother Nero. Uh, go to greener pastures, but you know, he said in that interview that he really wanted to finish out his career in WWE and then work in some type of backstage capacity, like a producer or a road agent or something like that. So he, he really likes what he's doing there. And besides, he's going to be there building up talent, and that's awesome. Um, I take on Mike on Stu Barrett, you know, good old King Barrett. 
He's back. That's all I'm going to say about that bad news, Barrett. You know, love that guy. Love him on commentary. He was under the name Stu, you know, Stu Bennett. Which is his real name. Yeah, which is his real name. In the NWA uh, for this last season, for this just completed season of power that was interrupted by COVID. So to have, you know, the big guy in there, I'm all for it. Um, he did a really solid job on color commentary, so I'm good. And as far as Melina goes, look, folks, I know that sometimes a headline can be too good to be true, but stop relying on dirt sheet leaked information so much. And I got to give a heads up to Melina. She said something very, very classy in that post. Because she knows that she has a lot of detractors out there, people that hate her. And she's like, you know, I pray for you guys the way I do my fans. That's class right there. So, you know, my heart goes out to Melina. I'm really sorry she lost her father. I said that when it happened, I still stand by that. I really hope she's doing okay, and if she's in the NWA, that's great. But I, I just want nothing but the best for her. That's all, Champ. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's very, very sad. Um, her losing her father to COVID, and then late, just a while later, this this happens. And she mentioned on that it makes her heart ache because of the fact that she loves her fans so much that she doesn't want their hopes get raise on something and then be disappointed so you know class class act is uh young young miss miss melina and everything like that so you know good luck to her if she's still with the nwa hopefully uh she'll make an appearance there under the nwa banner with the united wrestling network and get that going and things of that nature so yeah so that that's your that's your news Spot for for this week, a couple of re-sign, uh, re-signing, a new signing, and a potential new signing that turned out to be not a new signing. Uh, that's what's going on in the news. And uh, like I said, you can check various outlets for other news that's going on. Be careful of the dirt sheets because a lot of times they be tell they be saying it's bullshit. But we're not here to tell you that. We're just here to talk about what we talk about, which is wrestling on our way. And uh, so, speaking of which, we are getting ready to start our week in review. And uh, ordinarily, we would start with Monday Night Raw and go uh, in chronological order based on days. But we wanted to do something different here. Uh, as we announced last week, um, we said that we had a segment that was returning that was always part of our week in review. And that would be uh, with coincided with the return of another brand uh, in wrestling. So as many of you know, this past Thursday, NXT UK returned to action uh, after a long hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And, oh, before we get into that, I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I was, I, I got, we're going to talk New Japan, as I said. Uh, and, of course, New Japan this past Friday uh, had another episode of NJPW Strong. Uh, is the road to Lions Break Crown. They announced that Lions Break Crown is taking place starting next week. It'll be an eight-man single elimination tournament uh, where the winner will win the Lions Break Crown. I don't know what else is there for that, but that's what they're doing right now. 
And so this past Friday was a, basically a preview of that where you had in the opening match an eight-man tag with all eight of the competitors that are competing in that tournament facing off. Uh, on the one side, you had Adrian Quest, Logan Regal, Clark Connors, and Danny Limelight going up against the DKC, Blake Christian, Jordan Clearwater, and Barrett Brown. Uh, Logan Regal would get the victory for his team with the Leapy DDT. Time of the match, 10 minutes and 17 seconds. He pinned Jordan Clearwater. After the match, a lot of tensions uh, between the eight men because of the fact, again, they're going to be facing off in a tournament for a new, uh, a new prize. So there you go. Next, we had a 15-minute tag team match that almost went the full 15 minutes. It actually went 12 minutes and two seconds between Rocky Romero and Darewolf, DJ Black, against Mysterioso and no, Mr. No is all Fred Rosser. Uh, PJ Black nailed Mysterio placebo effect to get the victory and get the t- victory for his team. And then in the main event of the, sh- the show, it was a tag match with Alex Zane and Super ACH going up against the Gorilla Destiny. And this was an entertaining match with the finish. Uh, Tangaloa would hit Alex Zane with, and yes, this is the legit name of the move, Ape Shit. And yeah, I'm pretty sure people just heard that and was like, wait, what? That don't follow New Japan is like, wait, what? There's a literal finishing move named that? Yes. Tangaloa hit him with ape shit. And Kevin Kelly made sure you knew that's what it was because when he hit, he yelled out, ape shit! And that was it. Uh, Girls of Destiny would get victory. And that is how they would close out uh, the road to Lions Break crowd on New Japan Strong. And then Saturday morning, G, the G1 Climax 30 tournament officially kicked off in Osaka. Now, again, you'll get full results. You'll get full analysis and a review of nights one and two, as well as a preview of nights three, four, and five on this upcoming edition of the G1 Climax recall. But I'll give you the results here and here, the quick ones. Uh, of course, the Young Lions opened the show up, Yuya Yuramira. Defeated Yoda Suji with a high angle Boston Crab. Uh, then Will Ospreay became the first to get two points in the tournament, defeating Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Taichi would also gain two points, defeating Jeff Cobb. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii fell to Minoru Suzuki uh, in 13 minutes to gain, for Suzuki to gain two points. And Jay White also gains two points, defeating Shingo Takagi and Kota Bushi with a surprise victory over Okada in a match that went over 20 minutes to, to gain two points. So those are the guys that already have your two points. Uh, block the action is happening as uh, is happening after this drop. So again, just check out G1 Climax Recall with myself and Sage. We'll, we'll break down both nights and then get you ready for. Nights three, four, and five, which is coming up this upcoming week. So that's it for your your lot of, of New Japan news. Again, we'll bring you more updates about, about New Japan Strong and the Lions Break Crown Tournament on uh, next week's pod or the next couple of weeks. So just stay tuned. Now we can get into the week in review and talk about this week in wrestling. Again, like I said, we normally start with Raw and just go throughout the week chronologically. But again, we brought back. Uh, a segment that we do because because that we do to help you guys know that we are covering 
NXT UK, which just returned, had its first show in months um, this past Thursday. And, of course, we got to cover it. We always cover it, and we do. So that's why we brought back our favorite segment, The Sith, who is a big, big fan of that show. He watched it religiously. Uh, and so, guess what? We brought it back. So here's the return of the NXT UK report from the basement. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your NXT UK report from the basement. The NXT UK brand has a home for now, and it's in the BT Sports Studios in London. And this past Saturday, we were given the official relaunch of the NXT UK brand. So without further ado, here are the results. Dallas beat Kane Williams and Jordan with their power slam stuff at Angler combo finisher. And in the being confronted by all the NXT UK Men's Tag Team Division, NXT UK Men's Tag Team Division, with Edwin Bartok and Corey Young with those screens sending a message that the NXT UK Men's Tag Team Division is locked and ready to go. Aofi Valkyrie beat Isla Dawn with her Perpetua pin finisher to get the pinfall win. Next week on NXT UK, we're getting Kaylee Gray, our NXT UK Women's Champion, defending against Piper Levin. In the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne will be returning for the NXT UK Heritage Cup Tournament in July as well. In the epic main event, Neil Dragunov defeated Norman Bar with the Torpedo Moscow and also overcame the distraction of Ron Allison over from Period Tournament side as well. And here you have it, your NXT UK report for this week. Stay tuned every week for the NXT UK report from the basement, only on the Night Spots podcast here on True Radio Network. That was your NXT UK report from the basement. Thank you to Smith for that one. Again, you'll get those every week. NXT UK airs, uh, it actually airs regular shows and not introspective shows like they were doing throughout the pandemic. Pandemic. So, hope you enjoyed that. All right, let's begin here again. All these, all these reviews of these shows were giving us just takeaways of what we got from these shows that made us enjoy them, not enjoy, or things of that nature. So, we're gonna start with Monday Night Raw. Uh, this uh, Seth was talking to me about in pre-production, and he said it uh, in the intro. Uh, Raw really did bring something different this week. And it was a, a, a touch better than it's off that it brought last week. So, Sip, if you want to go ahead and start off and give your takeaways, uh, how many takeaways did you get from Monday Night Raw this week? I've got four major takeaways. Usually I have three, but this week I have four. The first big takeaway was a big swerve that I didn't see coming, ladies and gentlemen. Selena Vega leaving Andrade and Angel Garza behind. But in hindsight being 2020, Selena Vega is going to get a push as a singles wrestler in the women's division. So it does make sense for her to leave behind the two guys who can't get along and stake out on her own. The ending to the, the cage match was awesome. Dominic 
Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. The cage match was awesome. Okay. Anyone who says it wasn't awesome, you lost me. But, champ, did you notice in the ending, Elia checking up on Murphy? Yes. Okay, I have an answer for that because people have been asking us, you know, what gives? Okay, here's what's going on, fam. Seth Rollins is going to have a work, is going to work with Murphy. So I have a prediction tonight to give you all this very Sunday. After Seth Rollins versus Murphy is done story-wise, I'm leaving open the possibility of Murphy and Dominic becoming a tag team. Because this is all going to, because what Seth Rollins is doing is trying to build guys up to take over. He's doing this thing. My fourth, my third takeaway is hurt business. Man, I love this faction. I really do. It, it, it's probably one of the best factions in WWE since Seth Rollins was in the corporation. Enough said. And my last takeaway is I don't know if the Riot Squad will beat the Odd Couple next Sunday, but I, but I am enjoying them being back together again because it, it is good. And for the people crying about Lana... Let's stop the conspiracy theories here. She's not getting buried because Miro signed with AEW. It's just that Lana's talents are best served as a manager, not a wrestler. And those are my takeaways. Champ? All right. So my takeaways, I actually have five takeaways to, uh, to talk about from Raw. My first one was... Drew, Drew McIntyre keep the entire night that the intensity that, they, that that built up when it started early on when you know Keith came out they had the friendly handshake you know they're all friendly everything like that but then as the night went on it just went from friendly to aggressive as hell when it got to got down to it to the point they were fighting each other backstage then they got in the ring and they fought and everything like that so I love that I didn't love the finish because of the fact that retribution involved, uh, which uh, I mean, I guess this is what the, their way of trying to get us to really, really hate them. And I'm at that point that I really do hate this faction. I have a feeling this is going to fall flat on its face, but we'll see what happens. But I hated that finish, which kind of leads me to my other takeaway. I really, really, really do like the Hurt Business. I really like the Hurt Business. I like what they do. I like their swagger. And I like at the end when they came out and went after all retribution and everything like that. It's just, it, great. I really do. I really do rock with, with that, that squad. I really do. Um, The Champions versus Champions tag match between the Street Profits and Cesaro and Nakamura was really, really fantastic. I enjoyed it. It was really good. And I like the result, though. I like the result of the Street Profits. The Street Profits have been good. They've been on a roll. So I definitely like that one uh, a lot. And again, because especially because it was a tag match, you, everybody knows how I feel about tag matches. 
I enjoyed it a, a whole hell of a lot. Um, what I didn't like, and this is my third, this is my third take. Oh, I had six. I'm sorry. I had said five or six. This is not four. I was not feeling women, the Raw Women's title match. I wasn't feeling it. Uh, I When I initially watched it, you know, it was it was okay. But then when I rewatched it, I just realized that Mickey James really off. It just seemed like she was really off. She was really off her game. It looks like she got blown up in like the first few minutes. And it just affected her the rest of the, the rest of the match. And then what made the what made me not enjoy that match even more was not just Mickey James's performance, but the finish as well. Uh, the finish was absolutely weird. The finish was absolutely wonky. Uh, apparently now reports of how they thought that she was really really injured. The way she was selling, that the producers and the referee made a snap judgment to stop the match because apparently according to a many reports the finish was supposed to be that mickey was supposed to still lose but she was supposed to tap out to the oscar lot but she was selling so good they thought she was legit hurt and they stopped the match um and it made it very awkward it made it very weird and i just didn't like it at all but at least it shows that wwe at least gives a shit because they thought that okay our, our performer looks like she's legit hurt we need to do something about this. So there was that. Um, Dominic Mysterio, my goodness, kid. This is my fifth takeaway. Dominic Mysterio continues to just impress so much. Even in a losing effort in a cage match with Seth Rollins, he looked so good. He continues to just improve, 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 and improve so much. And I think that this kid does definitely have a bright future in this business because at this early stage she he is just looking absolutely amazing and i'm just enjoying the ride and everything like that i cannot wait to see what he's going to do continue to do and do next and then finally my last takeaway i i cannot wait for avocado versus braun Strowman at raw underground that is going to be awesome i hope like i said i'm trying not to get my ex Expectations up too high, especially when it comes to Raw Underground, because of the, the the up and down nature that Raw Underground provides. So I'm trying not to get my expectations up, but seeing a matchup like that with Avocado, who's undefeated, a big beefy dude going up against the monster among men, Braun Strowman, in a fight like that, is just going to be so so amazing in my head. So that's um, that's that's what we got from Raw this past week. Like I said, Raw wasn't a bad show. It was it was better than last week. I'll say that much. But it was it was it was a decent show. Hopefully, they can keep that going and provide another really good, another decent or even good show as their go home show to Clash of Champions. So we'll see what Champ. happens. Yes, sir. Yeah, but there's a reason why it was a better show, though. Vince likely didn't rip up the damn script an hour and a half before the show starts. That's true, too. That's very true. Right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, hopefully, again, next week, they provide better. Uh, they provide another better show. Again, it's their go-home show to Clash of Champions. They've been hyping up Clash of Champions and things like that. 
I'm still, you know, waiting to see who is going to challenge Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. And of course, next week we will have a full preview of Clash of Champions, as well as uh, a full preview of Clash of Champions. So make sure you stay tuned for that. All right, let's just move right along. We are going to Tuesday night, and we're going to start with some impact takeaways. Um, and see, this time I made sure I wrote down my stuff. The only ones I didn't write down was SmackDown because I just didn't get around to writing them down when I was watching. I don't like writing stuff down while watching wrestling. It just takes away from it. So um, I had five takeaways from this week's episode of Impact. Uh, the first one, and this was an emphatic one for me. Sue Young wants out. Sue Young wants to be released from Susie's body and be Sue Young, be the undead bride. How do we know that? Because she hit the panic switch on Kimberly to win the matchup, and she started almost losing her mind. Kylie Ray had to bring her back. <clears throat> but Sue Young wants out. And, if it, and I got to feeling it's going to happen sooner rather than later that Sue Young's going to finally re-emerge and Susie's going to be gone. When that's going to happen, who knows, but eventually it's going to happen. Sue Young wants out badly. I love the story that's going on with the X Division title. It's a very intriguing story with uh, Rohit Raju uh, promising people being the number one contender in a title shot. Uh, Chris Bay saying, hey, I'm the former champion. I'm supposed to get a rematch. And then TJP saying, well, I beat Chris Bates. I should get a, a match for the title. And um, I forgot the other person that was involved in that. Seth, you might want to help. He might TJP. Help me. TJP. No, Trey. 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 Yep, Trey. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So Trey is no one on the spot and everything. Uh, Trey went out and beat TJP. So now he's saying, I want a shot. And then finally, Raju said, okay, well, how about this? Y'all face off next week in a triple threat match, and whoever wins will get a shot at the championship. Uh, very, like I said, very intriguing story, and I'm, I'm liking this. Like I said, I, I never would have thought that Raheem Raju would be uh, would have be an int- uh, have an intriguing storyline as X Division champion, but here we are. All right, third takeaway. That interaction between Rosemary and ha- and Je- Jessica Havoc was nuts. That was nuts, fam. But what can I say? I mean, throughout Impact, even pre-COVID, you know, a lot of their in- their interactions were very, very unique. And this is another unique one because Rosemary wants to resurrect Father James Mitchell to officiate her wedding with Donnie Bravo. And so she tried to get Havoc to do it, and Havoc wasn't having none of that shit. And she was like, nah. And it took Nevaeh to try to get Havoc out of there, and Rosemary was like, damn, I can't, this, this is tough, and things like that. So they're really, they're really pushing this whole storyline wedding thing. Uh, it's, it's another intriguing story on top of a bunch of intriguing storylines that Impact has going on at once. And obviously, you know, hopefully the payoffs are going to be Really, really good. We'll have to see. Um, that eight man tag main event was really, really strong. The Good Brothers, uh, along with the Motor City Machine Guns tag champions, uh, against Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, 
and the North. Really strong, solid eight-man tag. I love how it came together after the Rascals got jumped. Uh, the Good Brothers came up to them and said, hey, you know, you're the Motor City Machine Guns. I'm Machine Gun Carl Anderson. We can work together, even though the, the Motor City Machine Guns didn't want that, but it ended up happening, and it turned into a really good eight-man tag team main event. Kudos to those guys. That was awesome. Really, really enjoyed it. But my fifth and final takeaway when it comes to impact from this past Tuesday night, and I have to use say I have to pause for some emphasis here. Rich Swan versus Eric Young for the Impact World title at Bound for Glory? Huh? That shocked me because Rich Swan is supposed to be retired but now it's like retired in air quotes i kind of figured when he came out and did the retirement thing and they did all that i had a feeling it was a work i tried to convince myself it wasn't but i felt it was a work and now it's even looking even more and more so like it's a work and it's looking even more and more so that there is a strong possibility and we can see rich swan back in the ring in october and become the Impact World Champion defeating Eric Young. I, I, I have a feeling that could happen. Maybe. We'll see. But uh, those are my five takeaways. A bonus takeaway is I still really, really miss Missile House. I really enjoyed what, they brought, what that brought to the table. And I miss it. But it's great to have some of those that are part of it back actually in Impact and wrestling. So, cool. Um, so those are my takeaways, Seth. What do you got for us in terms of impact from this week? I, I've got four major takeaways. Sue Young is coming back. This is not good, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's good for people like me that like the Sue Young character, but for a lot of women in the knockouts division of Impact Wrestling, this is not good news because when Sue Young comes out, all hell breaks loose. It ain't pretty. Okay? I enjoy Triple XL versus the Deaners. These guys aren't ready yet to be in that echelon to contend for the Tag Team Championships. Yet. Yet. Okay? But the main event was just amazing. It, it if you're not watching Impact Wrestling, what's wrong with you? The North, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Motor City Machine Guns, Good Brothers, the four top tag teams together in an eight-man tag, and it told a compelling story. And Rich Swan versus Eric Young, Down for Glory, weekend, the Saturday before Halloween. Yep, I'm here for that. I'm here. I'm definitely here for that. That that is going to be an epic main event. Because both of us were both thinking, and so was, shout out to Donnie Wrestling, because he called it. It was a work. He's like, fellas, this is a work. Just hear me out. It's a work. And he told us exactly what was going through his mind. And we both said, yeah, that's possible that this is a work. And lo and behold, this is a work. 
We didn't want it to be a work. We all wanted it to be a genuine retirement. But hey, you know, eight times out of 10 in pro wrestling, it's an air quotes retirement to build up for something more. And also I enjoy Trey versus um, TJP. Because Rohit Raju is doing what other people in the X Division have done. Add intrigue into that title. So overall, Impact was decent this week. Still better than Raw. But, you know, it's good. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Um, Impact it continues to just really, really, really build, 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 build. Um, I'm be interested to see what kind of what kind of shows they have they're gonna have in the can going into Bound for Glory uh, coming up uh, later in the year, later in the in October. Uh, to see what they have there. This should be really good. To it should be really good going into Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory should be really good. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to definitely watch it. So, yeah, there we go. So that's Impact. Let's stick with Tuesday night, and let's talk about AEW Dark. Dark bought us 11 matches. So they're bringing us a lot of supersized editions of Dark between 8 and 11 matches per episode. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, because it gives us a chance to see more stars that we won't see on Dynamite and everything like that. Uh, I have five takeaways from Dark this week, but before I get to my takeaways, I want to get Sith's uh, takeaways from another supersized edition of Dark with 11 matches. What were some of your takeaways from these 11 matches? I have four major takeaways. Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. versus Santana and Ortiz. Hell of a match. This wasn't one of your little squash matches. This was a match that actually delivered. And it showed that Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., they might eventually be some of the next call-ups that get signed to actual contracts, a la Will Hobbs. The main event, Dark Order versus Private Party in Gun Club. That was a good match. And it was good to see the Dark Order get back into what they should be doing. I'm just saying. Um... The only disappointment for me was Avalon and Cutler having a double countout. That I get you're trying to advance the story and eventually one of them is going to win. But this is going on a bit. It, it needs to be resolved like soon. Sooner rather than later. And also the other one that I have to say though was Skylar Moore and Rache Chanel losing to Ivelisse and Diamante. That was a good match. I've been a strong critic of the AEW women's division, but that was a good match. I want to see more matches like that out of the AEW women's division, please, and thank you, champ. So it's funny that you mentioned that match in that women's match because that was one that was one of my five takeaways from last from dark is there were three women's division matches on the card three of them my problem is is that none of the three really stood out and really 
advanced the women's division. That tag match you just mentioned was okay to me. It was okay. But again, all three of these matches did not stand out from the rest of the night. I remember only I remember more uh the the main event and Will Hobbs's squash more than I do any of the women's matches. That's that's terrible. Especially given the fact that one of those women's matches was freaking Brandy Rhodes. And I don't remember what happened with that match except she won. That's all I remember. Exactly. That was the old. Oh, then Anna Jay scooping out Brandy. But other than that, it was a forgettable match. I was like. Well, that was a forgettable match. Uh, Penelope Ford was a forgettable match. That tag that was match. A... What? That tag match was the only decent women's match. They've got to do better. But the pro- Again, the problem is you have three women's matches and none of them stood out. And it's like, okay, this yep. is what you do women. This is bad. All right, next. That, that finish for Avalon Cutler. I knew there was going to be a draw. When they announced this match, I said, they're going to have a draw. They're, neither one of them is winning. I knew it. I just knew it. And as soon as the match started happening, and I said, oh, they're building towards it's going to be a, a, a draw or like either a draw, I don't draw, it's going to be a count-out finish, a double count-out finish. And sure enough, as the finish of the match got there, here we are, a double count-out. I was like, okay, I knew this was going to happen. Now they're going to both stay winless, and now they're going to go separate ways to try to win. And what's going to happen there? So there you go. Uh, they're going to continue to be winless. All right, my third takeaway Yo, man, about Ronnie doing the uh, version of People's Elbow with a hot dog was wild as fuck, fam. That was some wild shit. And especially on Brian freaking Cage, that's some wild shit. And what's even more wild was the fact that they hyped up on commentary the fact that he is a competitive eater. And the girl actually had, the lady had actual stats of what he's good when it comes to competitive eating. And I just thought that was just absolutely, um, that was pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. That was pretty amazing. Uh, So good on him. My fourth takeaway is, my goodness, thank you, Jesus. Will Hobbs is getting pushed. He went from losing on dark to now he's, he went to the Battle Royal, the Casino Battle Royale at All Out, had a great showing, and now has won two in a row on dark and when we get the dynamite you'll see why I feel like he's really getting pushed uh, when it, when you talk about what's, what happened on dynamite uh, so that's my fourth takeaway and my final takeaway is my goodness the dark order continues to shine I can remember a time before the exalted one came in that nobody really took dark order that seriously but then they bring in Brody Lee, and then they and now they and now Brody Lee has a championship, and now these dudes are just shining. Even when they lose, they shine. But in this eight man tag they had in the main event, my goodness, they shine so brightly. And have Silver get the fate, be part of the fatality finisher, really, really was a shock to me because normally that's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, but it was the fact it was Uno and Silver. Again, it shows that how much these, this this faction is shining so brightly over these last few weeks. 
And it's it's good to see because a, a, a faction like this, the Dark Order, should be a faction that's feared but also respected. And for a while, they weren't feared or respected. Now, you got to fear and respect the Dark Order. I'm sure that makes Sif very, very happy. The fact that I just said that, since he is a huge Dark Order mark. Hey, 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 I wouldn't call me a Dark Order mark. For one reason, when they do bad, I called them out on it. Mm, okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. You do you do call them out on this shit. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, man, we move right along here with this week in review, man. Let me tell you something. Shit. We keep doing it like this. We're going to have short podcasts. People will actually want to listen. Okay. Let me, let me stop. But uh, before we get into Wednesday night and the Wednesday night wars as the Wednesday night wars returned this past week, I do want to thank everybody out there for, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Like I said, we joined this uh, platform uh, back in July. Uh, wasn't too sure what was going to happen, you know, how we was going to get the listens, because it was hard to tell what our listens were like on, on the pre- previous platform, on Blog Talk Radio, and everything like that. It was, we w- didn't know. Didn't know what we was going to get from being on this platform. But because this platform distributes to so many different places, it, we're, it's been great just the, just seeing the people playing the podcast on all the different platforms from uh, Anchor to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, places like Overcast, as well as Radio, uh, like Overcast, Radio, the Radio uh, app. What app is that? Shit. Um, radio Public, Pocket Cast. Breaker, you know, all of those platforms and everything like that. So, you know, we definitely appreciate the support that you show, not only for this podcast as well, but some of the other podcasts that come from this network as well, such as um, Through the Curtain, as well as One People's Review that I've done so far. And especially, you know, big shout out to everybody for supporting the uh, G1 Climax Recall episode preview show that we did on Friday. Uh, definitely appreciate all the support and everything like that. So, thank you guys. Seriously, thank you very much. Uh, this this was the the best move for this platform for this podcast to have this platform. And as Joe Button would always say on his podcast, create, create. There you go. All right, so let's move on to Wednesday. And what do we got on Wednesday? Of course, we have NXT and we have AEW Dynamite. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, they have run unopposed of each other due to uh, playoffs being played on their respective networks, NHL on USA, and of course the NBA playoffs on TNT. Uh, there was talk that there was going to be a possibility that it was going to have to end up being on Thursday this past week because of the NBA playoffs, but because the playoff series ended early, it stayed where it stayed on Wednesday, and we finally got them to be opposed of each other. So we're going to begin with takeaways from NXT. Uh, my first takeaway, because I have four in this one. Look at that. Less, something less than five. How about that? Uh, I actually have four takeaways from this one. Uh, first one is that opening match between EO and Shashi was amazing. It was amazing. And anybody who feels differently, that's fine. But to me, 
it was amazing. And it really got, we've really got to see Shotzi work, work. Okay. Cause a lot of people have seen her and her days involved in the Indies and everything like that, but you never, you haven't really got to see what she could do in, in, in NXT. You finally got that from this match with the NXT women's champion. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal women's contest. Phenomenal women's contest. Definitely enjoyed a lot. Would watch it again. Would watch it over again. Just absolutely amazing. Good on both of those young ladies to open the show like that. That was awesome. Uh, my second takeaway. Sticking with the women. Can Kane Carter and Casey Cotton-Zaro get a shot at the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship? Please. Because they are a phenomenal women's tag team. Can whoever the women's tag champions be after Clash of Champions, can they go down to NXT and face them for those titles? Please. My only fear, though, is I don't want them to win them because I don't want them to have to go to the main roster and have to change up their wrestling style. Because you can clearly see a sharp difference between how people wrestle on the NXT roster as opposed to on the main roster. It's a sharp difference. And I'm afraid that if you put the straps on those two young ladies and throw them on the main roster, they're not going to look as good as they do now. That's just my opinion. My opinion. I just feel that way. I feel very strongly about that. So please, 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 let them challenge. But don't put them on there. Please don't do it. I don't want to see that. But, no, they're great. They're a really good tag team, women's tag team on the NXT roster. Seriously. I, I really enjoy watching them work. They're really good. Takeaway number three. I'm going to tell you something. This, this relationship between Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, and notice I put, you can't see it, but I put that in air quotes. Relationship. This relationship's weird as fuck, but it's intriguing as hell. This past week, Maverick says he's got a in a tag match, him Dane against uh, the Undisputed Era. Uh, Dane says, the hell with that, I'm not in no damn tag match with you. And then as Drake is getting his ass whooped by the Undisputed Era, Dane's back there talking, laughing, and carrying on. Boy, he finally decides, okay, you know what? I'm going to come out there and whatever, whatever. And it led to a whole bunch of, fu- of, fool- of foolery and stuff that led to a disqualification and then winning the tech match. Uh, then when Drake helped him out and chased away the Undisputed Era, his, what was his reward for, for helping somebody out? He got punched in the face. Again, and left laid in the ring. Again, and for the big man to leave you there again. It's a weird relationship. I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping there's a really good payoff for this because I hate the fact that Drake Maverick went on to his social media and cried his eyes out when he got released, only for them to re-sign him, and now they got him into this shit. Like, can we get him a meaningful storyline? That storyline he had with Legato Del Fantasma was fantastic. Now they got him in this. Not to say that the storyline is bad. I just, you know, let what's the payoff? Please let me know what's the payoff. I want to know what the payoff is. 
So give me what, let, let's see if it's a good payoff. Like I said, it's weird, but it's intriguing. Uh, my final takeaway was that North American title match was every, was really good. Really, really good. Uh, Damian Priest is a good, he's, he can work really well. And of course, we know what Timothy Thatcher can do. Jesus Christ, man. I mean, his, his reputation for season, for crying out loud. But I got to say, it just, both of those guys melded together so well. The story, it's funny because they barely had time to build this match. But yet, there still was a story behind it that is, it is that Thatcher is that serious catch his cash can on his catch, Thatcher's catch can wrestler that is serious. He's super serious. He doesn't have fun. Whereas on the opposite side, you have Damian Priest, the lavish lux lifestyle, the party guy, things like that. And Thatcher doesn't like that in his wrestling, right? So you get these two together. And again, not a lot of time to build it, but it still delivered a really, really good match with Damian Priest getting a, retaining the championship, his first defense uh, with the reckoning. But I mean, Thatcher stretched him out every which way he could in order to try to get that victory. But that was a really good main event. And overall, I just felt like NXT definitely did deliver uh, a really solid episode. There was a lot in between that I didn't mention that did uh, that I didn't have takeaways from, but just those four there what really stood out to me uh, when it came to NXT uh, this past Wednesday. Sith, what about you? What, what stood out to you? What were some of your takeaways from this week's NXT on Wednesday? At five, Shotzi Blackguard versus Io Shirai. No to AEW. And I know Meltzer's going to hate me in saying this, and I don't give a fuck. This is what your women's division should look like. Right here. This opening match was awesome. And let me tell you all something. People like to get on Shotzi because of her entrance, you know, with the tank and everything. I'm going to make a prediction. She's not going to win the Women's Battle Royal next week to be the number one contender. But give it time, Shotzi Blackheart will be a contender for the NXT Women's Championship. She's really starting to build, and that's awesome. She and Eos Wright just had an amazing opening match. Second takeaway, as Champ said, uh, Caden Carter and Casey uh, Canizaro, I want to see them challenge for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, but I echo the same sentiments, though. Please, 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 please do not put the straps on them. Please don't do it. Because as Champ said, we have seen what happens with people from NXT that get gold on the main roster. It doesn't work as well as you hope. My third takeaway is the main event. Damian Priest, Timothy Thatcher. I want to see these guys go at it again. Call me crazy, but that was a great main event. I got to tell you, my fourth takeaway, I don't know which, I don't know what's more dysfunctional. The dissolving between on the main roster 
Angel Garza, Andrade, and Selena Vega, or Killian Dane and Rick Maverick. You know, I I agree with Champ. I just want to see a payoff. Fifth takeaway is Brazongo. They had a really good match, but the good news for them with their match against Imperium, it closes that chapter. Why? Because as you found out earlier in the NXT UK report, Imperium is going to be back on the NXT UK brand. So everyone's getting back together over there. So Brazongo versus Imperium was my fifth takeaway. It was just a really good tag match that finally closed that chapter. So NXT was good, though. Jim? The weird, weird thing is that wasn't one of my takeaways because I wasn't that impressed with the match. Um, it was decent, but it just didn't impress enough to be a takeaway from NXT at all. Uh, but I'm glad that that, that that rivalry is over with, and now Briazango can focus on uh, other tag teams and other tag team rivalries and things of that nature. So, cool. I'm with that. Whatever. So, yeah. So, that's NXT in a nutshell for, for this week. Uh, of course, we're going to also look at in, uh, AEW Dynamite. Um, and I had five, five takeaways from this. I'm going to start with this one. Rose, Thunder Rosa Evilise. Holy shit. When I tell you that was a stiff, hard-hitting affair, I'm not bullshitting you. And then to find out the backstory behind this, that uh, Eva, Lisa, and Rosa had some legit heat on each other backstage. And then Eva, Lisa, decided she's going to show up Rosa by no selling. And Rosa said, oh, bitch, you're going to sell. And, <laughs> and tagged her for real. I mean, goodness gracious. That's just, you know, that's just the nature. That seems to be the nature of the business. Like, to go out there and show somebody up who's maybe a quote-unquote outsider and then they'll sell them trust and believe me, somebody who's an MMA trained fighter they're going to tag you for real and you're going to feel it period but the match itself even with that that looming over them still was a quality quality mismatch especially for a championship really really strong really strong matchup and it really brought this women's division back up again it's a shame that Someone from the outside has got to come in and improve your freaking women's division. That is wild to me, but whatever. This Heyman Omega uh, storyline is getting really, really good. It's really good. Uh, Heyman had a match with Frankie Kazarian. He got the victory. Omega was on commentary. Uh, after the match, Heyman was expecting to see Omega still there while he was celebrating. And Omega wasn't there. And Heyman drinking a sad beer, even though it's supposed to be a happy beer because he won. And I mean, this is really getting good. I want to see where this goes. I want to see where this goes. Uh, because where can it go? It, there's, there's many different ways this can go. I don't know all of them, but this, this I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. That's why this is a take for me, was just this interaction or lack thereof uh, and this, this whole dynamic with these two. I want to see where this goes. Nine times out of ten, they're going to have a one-on-one match sooner rather than later. And it's going to be really awesome. So there you go. I got to question the skill level of Private Party. I've been impressed with them early on in the AAW time, especially after they beat 
Young Bucks and everything like that. I've been impressed. But over the last couple of months, they just haven't looked good to me. And that happened again this week in their match they uh, with Jericho and Hager. They just didn't really look good. And I don't know if it's maybe they're just having a bad, just a little bit of a, a bad stretch or what have you, but they just haven't looked very good in recent matches, uh, especially the dark match as well, the match on dark as well. They just haven't really looked like a good tag team. Hopefully they can get together and get back to contending for the championship. Cause I really like the team. They're, they're really charismatic kids. I love the gimmick, everything with it, but some, they're just having, I think they're having a bad patch recently and it's like really weird. So there's that. We talked about on the, the segment, talking about Dark with Will Hobbs now getting two wins in a row on Dark. He had a great show in the Casino Battle Royale. And now he is going to be standing next to the damn world champion in a six-man tag team matchup. And he got that on the very day that he signed his AEW contract. Look at God. Look at God. Okay? Will Hobbs is a name you will remember because that dude is is something special. It's clear he's got something special because he went from losing on dark whenever he showed up to now he will now he he's now scored two victories on dark. He will now be in a six man tag match with the world champion Don Moxley and Darby Allen against the Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer, Brian Cage, the Machine, and Absolute Ricky Starks on dynamite like come on fam if this don't tell you this kid getting a push i don't know what in the world will jesus christ and find my final takeaway and i'm pretty sure this is going to be just takeaway too because if it's not something is wrong with him that parking lot brawl match was everything it was ultra lit yes that is in my notes ultra lit with two exclamation points i should have added two more because that's how lit this match was it was everything you would expect from a parking lot brawl where you're on concrete you're not going to be doing a lot of bumping except on maybe cars or what have you but you're not bumping on the concrete and you're just going to beat the living you're just going to beat the living piss out of each other and that's what happened there was blood there was there was carnage, and we got a good result. The best friends won, and then an even better result. Sue showed up, picked him up in the mini in the minivan, and then stopped and flipped off proud and powerful to end show. That was one hell of a main event. That was one hell of a main event. That was so awesome. I can't I can't tell you how awesome that was. That's probably one of the best. Uh, AEW matches they put on uh, in the last couple months. Like, that was really fun. I enjoyed every bit of that match, and it was great how, you know, how it came together with all the stories and the rivalry and everything, how it came together, and it brought us such a magnificent match. So those are my takeaways from Dynamite. What about you there, Seth? What were some of your takeaways from Dynamite this past Wednesday night? I got four takeaways. The first one is that parking lot fight. Or to use a clockwork 
orange reference. Champ, go ahead and say your quote real quick. Lay it on me. You know I'm here. A taste of the ultraviolet. Yes. This is everything you wanted in a parking lot match. And it, it was just a fun match. It really was. You knew you weren't going to get, you know, as Champ said, shots on the, you know, spots on the concrete. But they utilized the parking lot in ways that just escalated the story more and more. Sue flipping off at the end of the, you know, flipping off Proud and Powerful at the end. That was funny as shit, fam. I was laughing my ass off at that part. But it was enjoyable, though. It was a really solid main event. Second takeaway is I love Private Party. Everyone knows that. But I gotta agree with Champ. They've lost a step or two recently. And it's really sad to see it. I mean, the last couple of weeks, they really haven't... I don't know what's going on. Um, I just hope they can get it together because I, I, I know these guys are capable. And they're highly talented. They're highly skilled. But it seems like they're lost in the shuffle or something. Something's just not clicking right now. I, I wish I could explain it. You missed out on something, though, Champ. Get your house in order, Blade. That was a shot at Allie. That, that was shade towards Allie. Well, I'm glad because you had that as a takeaway so that people know we... we I, I remember that. It just wasn't a takeaway for me. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people don't remember this, but the Butcher and the Blade used to team up with Allie as the bunny. And Allie, in real life, is married to Blade. So, man, Eddie Kingston was absolutely savage right there. I'm like, holy shit, dude. You've got the nads to say that about someone's wife? Oh. And yeah, the match between Frankie Kazarian versus Hangman and Page was a nice, it was a nice match. One, it, it's great to see Kazarian outside of SCU and in singles competition. But, you know, something's going to happen. A really solid match between Page and Omega. And I'm definitely here for that. And I got to tell you, that opening match was, it was decent. FTR Jurassic Express. You know, I love the super kick from the Young Bucks to the ref and then telling Tony, find us again. And they threw the stack of bills at Tony Khan. That was wild as shit. Um, Jurassic Express, they're not going to be your top contenders for a tag team title, but they are a good tag team. And they gave FTR a really good match. So... All in all, Dynamite was good this week. No real major complaints. Oh, and one note. Ivelisse, Thunder Rosa, they may not fancy each other. This is like watching a female version of Taz versus Sabu where you know they don't like each other, but they're putting on one fucking hell of a match. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Taz and Sabu in ECW, they hated with a passion. They hated each other. But when they were in the ring, man, those matches were epic. Yeah, they would be. Uh, but again, Dynamite once again did deliver on goods. NXT delivered too. Uh, and it just, but the ratings came out. It definitely showed that both of those shows really cannot coexist on Wednesdays without because they can only manage to get like under nine hundred thousand viewers. Uh, even though NXT didn't hit over nine hundred thousand, even when it was by itself, whereas AEW managed to get a million. Uh, during that time, but it's just clear that these two teams, these two, these two shows, if they end up, if if NXT ends up moving to like Tuesday or Thursday, probably not Thursday. Well, probably Thursday because then you have NXT UK and then NXT, um, or Tuesday, what have you, and, and go up against Impact. They would beat Impact easily in the ratings because of the fact that Impact still, you know, there's nobody that has access TV. Though they can, people can go on Twitch and, and watch it there. So there you go. All right, we got SmackDown to talk about. SmackDown was pretty interesting, Seth. What did you think of SmackDown? What were some of your takeaways from SmackDown? My takeaways SmackDown Live. Um, Nikki Cross is showing a little bit of what she was like in sanity now with that magic and Slacey Evans last night. Really enjoying the whole Bliss Cross story, though. There's a lot of intrigue that's got me captivated. And if you can get me captivated in a long-term story, and you give me an excellent payoff on it, I'm happy. Please let Bliss and Cross have one hell of a payoff. That Sasha Banks interview was really, really good. And it's like what I said last week. It's the total reverse of their NXT feud. And this is going to be gold. It really is. The only bad thing is that it's pretty predictable that until we get Banks versus Bailey, Bailey beats all challengers. So, you know, it's pretty basic. She's not going to drop the title until at least she gets that chance at Sasha Banks. Sasha gets her chance at redemption against Bailey. That's all there is to it. And I love the end result of not only the Simone Street fight, because that did deliver. Although Jay's going to get his ass beat down next weekend. He's going to get his ass beat next Sunday. Bad. Um, but also, I enjoyed Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. It was a solid build. Solid build. And guess what? For those who missed it, Sami Zayn. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, next Sunday night, Clash of Champions, and what's my one of my favorite matches, champ? The ladder match. It's going to be sick. Taking it to you, champ. So I only have four takeaways from this. And like I said, I didn't write this down, but I remember them very, very vividly. Uh, number one, I am still, I am really, really enjoying uh, heel, heel Roman, and how he's playing this up with the, with his cousin. I like the fact that he was actually more involved in the match. He actually came out first and talked and things like that. Let him know, hey, this is my yard still, yo. This is my shit. 
Um, really, really enjoyed that. And the main event, main event was really, really fun to watch. Uh, just all this, the spots, Roman throwing the announcer chair, uh, the commentator's chair at fucking King Corbin. That was fucking fantastic. Um, but really liking heel Roman, really liking the direction this is going, and really liked at the end they were celebrating and he was all smiles and everything like that. And then when uh, Jay walked away, he had this look on his face like, oh, I'm going to beat the shit out of you on uh, a Clash of Champions fan. Love that. Bliss, bliss, bliss. And I was telling I was telling somebody this. Uh oh, I was telling my boy this day when we were on our way to the wrestling show he went to today, uh Sunday, I mean Saturday. I was telling my boy this. Cause he brought it to me first. This bliss thing is really neat, but here's the funny thing. How she does the sister Abigail cleaner than the man who created it. That's some wild shit. That's that Bray Wyatt created Sister Abigail, but yet Alexa Bliss did so much cleaner than he does. And it's he's she's done that twice in a two weeks in a row. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really interested to see where this goes as well. But it seems like it's only triggered when someone mentions the fiend all of a sudden. Trance Sister Abigail on the floor, done. Okay, cool. Let's see how let's see where this goes. Um, anyway, uh, my third takeaway is finally they're letting Sami Zayn fucking wrestle. We've only been saying for the longest fucking time that he's a fucking wrestler, but then they had him this earlier this year be a liberator and be a mouthpiece and then have two guys help him win a championship. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, he's a fucking wrestler. Let him fucking wrestle. And he finally got to wrestle with AJ. Thank you very much, WA, for giving us that. And thank you for giving us a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship at Clash of Champions. I already was going to be looking at this show because of this podcast, but now I'm actually looking forward to this show because of the build and adding matches like this. So I'm still waiting to find out who's going to face off for the U.S. title. That's the only one. And the SmackDown tag titles and the Raw tag titles. They say every match, every championship on the line. So you got to put on, you got to put those tag titles on the line. Got to. You can't just not, you can't just not put them on the line because then you're misleading us. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I was a big fan of this as well. And, uh, I, my fourth takeaway was this ever this ever growing storyline with the Miz and Morrison and heavy machinery, goading Otis and dropping in on the dirt sheet and beating the crap out of him, only to now sue him and have him make an ultimatum. An ultimatum: either you're going to give up the money in the bank briefcase, or we taking your ass to court. Okay, um, that's cool. That's another little wrinkle to. That's another little wrinkle to this 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 little story here. I'm I'm cool with that, and it's really good. I mean, they've added more and more wrinkles to this. It went from trying to steal the briefcase to then having Mandy Rose traded to Raw to get Otis to focus 
to now suing him, trying to get the briefcase from him. Uh, it's like all the intricacies of the storyline just seem to just come out, and it's really, really interesting and entertaining to watch this. So, I mean, I enjoyed that as well. Uh, all in all, again, SmackDown was very solid. Um, and I'm hoping that next week, again, so Go Ho Show, just like with Raw, I'm hoping that it's going to be solid, solid work in building up for this pay-per-view Clash of Champions. But like I said, you can't say you have a pay-per-view where every title is on the line and then you don't have, like right now, I don't even know if they have a Raw Women's Championship match on the card. They don't have tag title matches on the card. Well, men's tag title matches, I should say. And then we don't know who's going to challenge Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title. So there you go. There are four championships right there that you have you don't have on you don't have uh, on the, on the card yet. But I'm pretty sure that with Raw Raw and SmackDown upcoming, they will hopefully add those in there. So yeah. Seth, any final thoughts on SmackDown before we move on? Really enjoyed SmackDown this week. I still stand by what I said a week or two ago, that SmackDown is becoming the A-show in ways. And that's something that Vince won't like. But the other side of the coin is you have to go at you. Your A-show is what brings in the best product. Not so much quantity, but quality. And the more quality product right now is SmackDown over Raw. Because SmackDown has been consistently, you know, really, really good. As opposed to Raw, where eh, some weeks it's pretty bad. But this week was pretty decent. Um, So real quick, Seth, before I'll, I'll let you get back to your point. So I just checked, and both taxi championship matches are on the card. Uh, it's going to be uh, Cesaro Nakamura going up against the Lucha House Party. It'll either be Kalisto. It'll be either the two-man combination of either Kalisto, Grand Malik, and or or Lince Dorado. It'll be two of those three. We don't know which two, but they will challenge for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships uh, at Clash of Champions. And apparently, there's going to be uh, a triple threat match. I think coming up on Raw determine who will face the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It'll either be Seth, Mo- Seth Rollins and Murphy, Andrade and Angel Garza, or Umberto Curio and Dominic Mysterio. So, there you go. Ooh. The only only match, their only championship that's not on here is the United States Championship and I believe the Raw, and the Raw Women's Championship. Those are the only matches that are not on the card yet, but I'm sure that those will be determined this Monday on Raw. Back to your point you were saying. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, um, good stuff there. I just hope that week by week you get continued improvement out of all of these products. We get it out of Impact. We've been getting it out of SmackDown. NXT UK thoroughly enjoyed you know, them coming back, you know, SmackDown. I mean, NXT and Dynamite, even though at times they do hit some low points, they've been, you know, really on point developing things. Raw, hopefully, with this week, does that course correct. 
and keeps working on it because SmackDown was good this week. It it it's carried on what it's been doing. I just hope that it's a sign of things to come. That's all. Yeah. No, I agree. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. And again, like I said, they got they got to build. They got to build to this upcoming. Uh, yep. this, uh, this upcoming pay per view. Uh, they got a lot to do, and again, they they're touting it as every championship's on the line. Every championship's on the line, and right now, when you look at the card, they're only like not every championship's on the line. You don't want to go out false false flagging here and say you're gonna put every championship on the line, and then you don't. I already have a feeling that if the U.S. championship is put on the line, that's a pre-show match. Not oh, of- no doubt. That's a pre-show. No doubt. Match. As much as the hurt, as much as the hurt business. Is really making making Raw watchable. They're gonna put that on the pre-show. Nine times yep. they're gonna put that on the pre-show. What they what they should do, and I hate to do this, I hate this with passion. The women's tag team championship match should be on pre-show. That's what I would do: is women's tag team uh, titles on the pre-show. No way would I put the U.S. title on the pre-show. But I will say this though: I remember. A year ago, before the Cruiserweight title went down to NXT, where 205 Live, the Cruiserweight division, that was always on the pre-show without fail. And now, since that's now down in NXT and 205 Live exclusively, yeah, for the most part, it's either women's tag or U.S. title. I'm hoping it's women's tag, though. In this case, yeah. So yeah, that that that's what my thinking is. So just to clean up some things, little couple of little tidbits here and there, and things like that. Uh, of course, on NXT, they did announce that there's going to be a gauntlet eliminator match taking place uh, on the next episode of NXT, where six superstars will uh, vie for the opportunity to be the first challenger for the NXT Championship and Finn Balor at NXT TakeOver, which was announced for October the 4th, Sunday, October 4th, NXT TakeOver. So the the, the Gauntlet Eliminate match is a unique matchup because here are the rules. Two men will start in the ring. Every four minutes, another competitor will enter. The only way to be eliminated is via pinfall submission. Last man standing will be named the number one contender and challenge Finn Balor for the NXT title at the next edition of NXT TakeOver. On October the fourth, uh, and they've already named two members of that team of that match itself. It's going to be Kushida and Cameron Grimes. So, and they'll therefore should be announced probably w- w- within the next couple days before that show actually airs. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, and then also, as I mentioned when I saw the card for. Clash of Champions, there is going to be a triple threat match between those three teams I mentioned for a shot at the Raw Tag Team Championships. So we got that going for you there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a, a unique week for the for wrestling in general with Clash of Champions and then now NXT building towards uh, their next takeover, which is coming up a lot faster than they normally, a lot quicker than it normally does. So Get ready. We got a lot coming to you for wrestling, uh, wrestling-wise, especially right here on the No Spots podcast. So uh, before we end this thing off, 
uh, just a couple of days. First and foremost, again, thank you very much for your continued support of this podcast. And remember, uh, you can listen to this podcast on on eight different podcasting platforms, whether it be on Anchor, well, eight or nine, whether it be on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Uh, so make sure you, if you use any of those, uh, if you use any of those podcasts and apps or platforms to listen to podcasts, make sure you lock us in there. We appreciate the support. Uh, also, again, uh, every Monday for the next month for the duration of the G1 Climax tour, uh, tournament, make sure that you are checking us out every Monday uh, for the G1 Climax recall. Uh, myself and Sage. We'll be uh, going over and reviewing previous week's action from the G1, and making sure we get you pre- get you ready for the net fo- for the following week's G1 action, uh, giving predictions and everything like that. So make sure you tune in to that. It'll be every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, right here on this very podcast channel, uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be very impressed with Sage's wide wide knowledge of new japan pro wrestling he's been following it for a lot of years and knows so much about it and he showed it um in our premiere episode we put out this past week uh where we previewed the entire tournament the tournament field as well as the first two nights so make sure you check that out each and every monday uh right here on this channel and uh thirdly uh make sure you are following uh, Sports on the Hill podcast, and make sure you're following one of the hosts of Sports on the Hill podcast, Carol Porter the Third, CP3. Uh, he has just scored an interview, a one-on-one interview with the senior vice president of media for the Washington football NFL football team, Julie Donaldson, this coming week, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, September 22nd. Uh, it will stream live uh, on his on his YouTube, and it will also stream live uh, via Facebook uh, as well uh, from the Sports on the Hill podcast page. So make sure you're following that. That should be a very in-depth and very, very good interview, a very good chat with our own CP3 and the young lady who has really made waves in a good way uh, taking over media responsibilities for the Washington football team as well as being on the call for for games uh, on the radio broadcast alongside Bram Weinstein, who is the play-by-play man, and uh, D'Angelo Hall, who is the color commentator in the, bo- uh, in the booth. So, And I got to listen to some of her for that first game against the Eagles, and she was really good. So she's going to make a really good addition to that, that squad. So make sure you check out check that out. We'll also uh, most likely share it on our page as well, facebook.com slash nospotspod. So there's that. Sith, what is going to happen in the basement this Sunday? Uh, tonight, 6 p.m., the top 20 classic alternative cuts that are lesser known have a tribute to um, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg as well, as well as what's going to happen. Um, she sadly passed away the other night. Um, that really shook us all. Also got Q&A and a big stimulus update as well. 
all of that 6 p.m. tonight in the basement. That's right. So make sure you are subscribed to Sis Basement. It's also on those same platforms that we are on as well. Uh, make sure you check that out. Always a unique time. And also got to give a big shout out to the Starting Five podcast uh, who shows us love as well. Uh, Sith was actually on their recent podcast this past Tuesday. So make sure that you uh, look up the Starting Five podcast and take a listen to that. They touched on a lot of different issues, including that of mental health after uh, Dak Prescott coming out and saying that he's dealt with mental health issues. Uh, but this Skip Bayless kind of put his foot in his mouth and shoving it up his own ass uh, with what he had to say about it. So they talked about that as well as all the other social issues going on. So make sure you check out the Starting Five podcast. Uh, the Ma- Shout out to the mayor's Shout out to uh, Katara as well. Katara's a part of the True Radio Network. She's about to get back with the Katara's Cafe. Can't wait for that and everything like that. So yeah, that's what we got going on the True Radio Network continues to grow it continues to really corner the market when it comes to to media and content that we put out there and we hope to continue to be the point the these the main place that a lot of you wrestling fans can come to to listen and, t- and, and chat about wrestling um what i'm going to do also with this one is i'm going to put in uh, the link to our voice messages box where if you want to leave us message leave us questions uh comments anything like that you can do that and you know maybe we can play on the show uh or ask you know any questions we can answer them on the on the show things like that you know maybe try to do a q a sometime soon everything like that so that's what we're trying to do all right sith uh oh yeah by the way yes uh rest in peace to uh justice ruth bader ginsburg uh passed away friday uh from metastatic cancer at the age of 87, a uh, very long, lengthy career, one of the um, one of the pillars and pioneers of women's rights when it came to being on the bench in the, in the Supreme Court. Um, and again, this is in the political podcast, but you know you got to recognize the the contributions that uh, Justice Ginsburg brought to uh, the United States. So rest in peace to her as well. Uh, but that's all we got here, Seth. Any final thoughts before we get up out of here? Man, 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 next week's going to be lit. And you know, I'm also here for the gauntlet match. Everyone, champ knows I love gauntlets. You know, that, yeah, that's like going to be insane. It's like I love to have matches. But yeah, the, the, <sighs> but next week, though, next week's going to be more, uh, probably a longer podcast because, of course, we're going to uh, preview the Clash of Champions. The, sh- the full card should be finalized by uh by the time we get to get to talk about that and we'll be able to preview and give our predictions and preliminary grades for clash of champions uh so we'll have that in the first half and then of course in the second half we'll go talk about the weekend review and talk about the go home shows for one smackdown and talk about xt talk about what aew did with dark dynamite see what impact is doing they continue to build towards Bound for Glory, which is considered their WrestleMania, uh, actually. Not Slammiversary. Bound for Glory is actually their WrestleMania. So we'll we'll talk about that as well. And then, of course, we will have our NXT UK report from the basement, where you will find out if Kaylee Ray was able to retain the NXT UK Women's Championship or was Piper Piper Nevin able to dethrone 
the young lady from Scotland. We'll find all of that out next week. So for the Sith from the basement, this is DC People's Champ. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, again, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take care. And of course, I will see a lot of you guys Monday for the G1 Climax Recall. Good night. Peace out. Hey guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter, at truenospotspod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.